same China, different stories. We are the ones that found their way in a new life. Adopted babies, adopted babies from China. ABC Adopted Babies from China podcast. I'm your host Tara. I'm here with another guy adoptee. Let's see. I don't know much about you because we haven't talked before. So, Zach, introduce yourself. Tell me more about your story, please. Oh, I'm Zach. I was actually adopted from Guan from a little town near Guangzhou, uh, Yongshan, and I actually do know where I was left off. I was left at a train station with a little note that said I was with my parents for ten days, so I actually had a name, and I kept that name in my American name as my middle name now. But I was named Ping Yong or Yong Ping, as it would go backwards. I also went by that in high school by some friends during a transition time for me.、Uh, nice. I adopted、uh, a year old in '97. You're old, ninety-seven. Oh shoot! So you actually had like a note with you. A very small note. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't anything to keep. It's kind of an orphanage. Kind of be like, oh yeah, you have a name. You have. You were with them for the max amount of days you could be, and kind of thing. Oh, okay. So you, your birthday is probably like you're accurate too. Then. It, that is. It's. It gave a time frame because they kind of had when I was dropped off. They had an idea of what time frame I was born. In. So、yeah. my birthday being May ninth is a big guess, and I'm completely okay with that. It's around that within ten、yeah. days of the okay. Yeah. Nice. That's interesting that you don't get to like have the note that was left with you. I mean, I knowing me, I might have lost it by now, anyways. But oh, I don't think it'd be something that I don't know if I'd cherish because knowing me now and me from like elementary school, middle school, and high school me. We're all very different people, and didn't cherish the same things as I cherish now, or I hold dear to me now.、Mm-hmm. So I don't know if even I had it. I don't know if I would keep it and think, "Oh yeah, that was for my birth parents," and appreciate it like that, or I think, "Oh, this is just something else to put in a box with like the other things that came from China." Right. Okay, so I've been asked recently a lot about by like Chinese individuals what your family name is, because、like, that's like our last name. So the name you were given does that include your family name in it? Because I mean, when you reverse my family name, it was just so I I actually have connected with some of the people from my the same adoption group, and a lot of us don't know our family name. So it's、uh, just Yang, like from Yang Chun. I so, see. We were just given that, and I'm I think I'm okay with that because I I don't think I'd keep that family name with my name now. In all honesty, it's not like I want to try to Americanize myself. It's just I am proud of what my English name here is and the connection that it has from my dad's side, my grandfather, and that connection to it. Because my grandfather, even though he is white, but he was, as we call it,、uh, pure bloods for fun.、Um, <laughs> he was a pure blood Swedish, and so the name with、uh, Johnson was. They came from Sweden to come here to build the Swedish Johnson family here. So, as much as I would like to know my family name from China, it would not stop me from being any less proud of the Johnson name I have now. I see. I was wondering since they left a note with you, like this is your name, if they would include their own family name, because I think that's a pretty important、mm-hmm. focus, I guess, amongst Chinese individuals that I'm only learning. Did you come to the? You came to the U.S. Where、mm-hmm. in the U.S. are you, and are you still like in the area you grew up? I was adopted, and I at the time my family lived in Pennsylvania,、mm-hmm. but because、um, my dad is a pastor、uh, or was becoming one, he also was an executive, a huge、um, pastoral kind of like thing, so. I lived in Pennsylvania for a few months because I was adopted in July,、mm-hmm. and within those like few months, it was like, "Hey, you have this big, huge job coming up that would be really foolish to to, to turn down," and so you're gonna up and leave pretty much within a weekend to this house that you found that you really love, and so my parents pretty much just up and left. 
Pennsylvania with a full house and me not being able to do anything to help with the move and a cat. <laughs> and then we moved um, into uh, central New York area for, and I lived there for about 20, 21 years. Because when I was going to college, we were in a midst of moving, I'd say, southwest, like 40 minutes really away. But since we were in the middle of it, we had two houses. So part, like the last year, I guess, was like partly there, partly here. But I, I don't, I do remember, I do have some friends back in Pennsylvania from my adoption group that I do keep in touch with. But mm. I am more glad to live and grow up where I did. Because according to my parents, that where we lived wasn't a huge Asian community. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't have... I mean, I still grew up with all like the racism and all the name calling and all that stuff. But I feel like I would have grown up with it being a bit more extreme, me being like an only Asian, where where I grew up, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it wasn't as big as a community as it was when you get to high school, but it definitely was more open-minded, more cultural understanding around it. So yeah, I had people still like try to be racist and all that stuff towards me. But I was able to take it in stride and be like, you know what, you're few of the hundreds of people who I'm around in school that doesn't do that, who likes me, who are my friends, who support me for being different and all that stuff. You were raised just as a single child, right? You didn't have any mm-hmm. siblings with you too? Well, I guess you have I a mean, cat. <laughs> well, I had I had a cat. She hated me in all honesty <laughs> because she was like, I'm an only child. I did, what did you bring this here for? <laughs> that was like all that and me going what's this and her going don't touch me don't, I don't like you it was originally my parents cats for some years before me so I kind of understand how that was and the cat definitely did not like me it liked me when I was asleep and that's it <laughs> so we did actually um adopt a dog uh later down the road which kind of became like my sibling to me mm-hmm. now um uh, since he's passed like a couple of years ago we have a new one so it's one of those things where I don't have human siblings um, living with me. I have my pets, but I also have very, very good friends who I consider my siblings, my brothers, my sisters, which I feel like in all but blood are them. Right. Yeah. So it's like you found family outside of mm-hmm. who you live with and your adoption group too. You're still close with them. You guys still um, talk. Not all of them. I've actually recently connected with them after hearing from a few of them getting cards and being like, Oh, who is this? Me not recognizing him. Ask my parents, do you recognize the name? They're like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And I go, okay. And then like find him on Instagram, find him on Facebook, connect him and be like, hey, you may not remember me because I actually have changed over the years. And, mm-hmm. But this is who I am. Ask your parents. You'll recognize this is my parents. And then they'll be like, oh, I remember you. And all of them have pretty much accepted that who I am today, which is really good. Yeah. So would you be able to share more about with your journey with your adoption too? Because I, I know I emphasized it last time I t- spoke with a guy, but I just feel like there might be differences that maybe like a woman or a man might feel related to like their adoption, especially with like Chinese policies too. Can you tell more about your journey with that if you're comfortable? A lot of it is, I think the point that I had both those experiences now mm-hmm. uh, since transitioning, I really didn't feel any different though wise um i mean i still studied and all that stuff so i understood i understood it but it doesn't mean it changed how i felt about it kind of like just anybody like if you feel that way no, no matter what you change the outside it's not going to change how you feel how you think usually so a lot of it was just being and seen as one thing to the outside world but thinking another thing and then being seen as what you think so along that it wasn't honestly it wasn't a huge hassle uh by the time i transitioned and all that stuff uh i was leaving high school into college which is what my goal was so i could easily not worry about all the school names and start over to a new school kind of thing i think the only real thing i hit with the adoption part was after i turned 18 i wasn't allowed to get my birth certificate and like America because one I was over 17 and two I wasn't born in the states mm. because of that they would have had to get a hold of I think she was Mrs. Yu who was the agents for us and I don't even know if she's still working 
but we'd have to get a hold of her to be like, I need this information here so I could get an actual birth certificate with, corrected of who I am. And it was a hassle. And in my head, I'm like, it is a piece of paper. You really cannot just give me this piece of paper kind of thing with like a few changed letters on it. Everything else was changed perfectly fine. So birth certificate is really the only thing. And I even asked overall, I'm like, what, what if I wasn't in this situation? I just wanted a birth certificate for, say, a license or a job or something like that. Right. Would I still be able to get it? And they would say, no, technically you're still over 18. And I said, all right, that could probably be different if I was born in the state. And they said, yes, exactly. You weren't born in the States, let alone you weren't born in New York or you weren't, you didn't have your adoption papers directly to New York. So I was directly to Pennsylvania. So on top of that, I'd have to go back to Pennsylvania to go through that agency to get to New York. And at the end, it was just very annoying. And we just read through everything we had to and realized I didn't need it as much as I would love to have a birth certificate that has everything corrected and like where I was from and all that stuff. It is more hassle than it really was to be. I had all the papers I needed. Um, I got my citizenship perfectly changed, perfectly fine. No problems there either. I had everything was in line of everything I needed except for that. Oh, wait. So did you become a U.S. citizen? Not when, not when you were adopted, right? Did that process happen after? Like no, that on? was, so the one, that's the one thing I think I had that I was really happy about, and my parents were too, was that, um, this is you did it then and there. So like she filled mm. out all the papers to be like, this is what you need. This is how to do it. This is from this, from China. So just take this to your lawyer who we're still friends with and have her, him or her and then have them just take these legal documents to here to say, this is all legal. You can double check it and then go from there to make sure that it's all done. So a lot of it was done there. All we had to do is bring it back here to say, this is legal. We legally adopted. We legally adopted the mm-hmm. kid, and it was taken care of right away. I see. Okay, so when you were like still a baby, mm-hmm. it was Which taken I'm, care of. With what's been happening like the past years, I'm quite happy it was happened, and I know exactly where all my papers are if I do need to get them. Mm-hmm. Um, I only needed them, I think, in high school. Not for anything bad, but I was. We took a band trip to Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. And some of the places you need to go, it's a lot of legal documents, legal this, legal that. So I was like, all right, what do we got to make copies of? We'll make three copies of this, three copies of that. So I had one in my backpack when I would, when I was traveling with them or whatever jacket I had, I'd have that in there just in case. Like I wasn't assuming the worst of anybody, but like just in case I had my legal documents with me, they had legal documents, but the band directors say, yes, this is how it is. So that's the only time I need it, but it let us like, it gave us a good checkout to be like, yeah, do I have it all? Do I have this? Which I think is quite smart to do over time. Mm-hmm. Like, do I have all these papers? Are they updated? Is this updated? Do I have copies? All this stuff. Okay. I think it's fascinating asking you about birth certificate too, because I don't think, well, I don't know how many of us actually have a birth certificate. It's sort of like up in the air. I personally don't believe I have one. So. <laughs> I got a piece of paper and a booklet. It's giant. This is like, this giant Chinese writing, giant like translation. I'm like, I think all this is wrong, but cool. Yeah. It's like in those portfolio books you do for college. And I'm saying, mm-hmm. what is this? Why is it like this? Right. <laughs> it was just recently when you wanted to get your birth certificate, it was like a pain in the butt. Transition, sorry, transitioning my 17, but since my birthday is in May and I want everything to be done by college, by the time I did that and had surgery and all that stuff, it was like, you're 18, you can't do it. And I'm like, Really? just want it. I do think also maybe New York is a little bit more strict than other places. In some places, yes. It depends on which policy you're looking at. So obviously, a lot of the LGBT policies are on a roller coaster ride of who knows what. In Pennsylvania, it's quite different because if you did look at with the election that everybody did watch, you can see that New York was completely blue. We're all good. Mm-hmm. Where Pennsylvania was here and there, here and there, because a lot of them, there are a, there's a huge community of Amish, a huge community of a lot of, not, I wouldn't say elderly, but the old ways. That I don't blame them that they don't want to change it. And that is fine. You don't have to change your ways. But you can see where, because people not want to change your ways, the laws can be a, a huge difference just over a border 
because New York and Pennsylvania connect borders. So on top of that, for like some LGBT, you only have to do one thing and you can have your birth certificate changed easy. Pennsylvania, you have to do multiple things, like multiple surgeries just to get it changed or multiple this for a certain amount of years just to have something changed on a piece of paper, which is all very um, stupid, I would say, for that because, I mean, it's just a human right to want to have what they're happy with. Right. This is, I think this backtracking a little bit because you talked about trying to understand because talking with you now, did you say transition, like transition, like part of LGBT community type of transitioning or do you mean, would you be comfortable talking more about your experience? Because I think it's like you've been hinting at it, but not like explicitly saying much specific you see, to it. Well, that, that's usually what I am in public. I've been six, seven years on the medicine, on my medicine. Uh, and I'm sure I, I know as a person that if I was asked these questions, say when I first started my journey, I would not have answered anything. I would have just like kept quiet and just said, yeah, that is a thing and moved on. I think as time's grown, people, most people have been more open and ideal and people who haven't, I don't just talk to. Like, you don't yeah. have to talk to me, I don't have to talk to you and that's fine by me. I, I really don't care kind of thing. Um, but I've, it's definitely, it's been a journey, especially with the last, I wouldn't say four years, but definitely the last two years have been a huge, if for a lot of us, like gay marriage has been all over the place. I mean, I am all for it. I am not gay, but I support all gay marriage. If you're happy, you're happy. That's it gay and lesbian uh, adoptions because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like it doesn't matter your orientation or your sexual um, love to be a good parent, a good partner. I think that just is up to you and technically should be yours personally. It should not be the state's. It shouldn't be anybody else's. So it's been a journey. I don't openly say it much mm-hmm. unless – I get a feel that, oh, they're okay with these ideas and the concept of what it means to be who I am. Mm-hmm. If they are, then I'm fine with it. But if I feel like they wouldn't or I haven't gotten a full-on feel of, yeah, they'd be okay if I said it, then I don't and I just keep quiet. And if, Because I'm, I'm not completely quiet about it on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm not like every single post is this, this, and this. It's yeah. if I feel like, hey, someone could get something from this post of mine. If someone could see that, hey, this journey goes on, that you can improve this, yeah, I'll put a tag for that. But I, if I feel like, hey, maybe not everyone would get something, like a lesson or anything good out of it, besides mm-hmm. me just kind of posting this photo, then I don't feel like I need to put that tag on there at all times yeah. so a lot of it's like if i do workouts um those photos because i know as myself years ago i was i still am but i was more skinny i was more of like a stick kind of thing mm-hmm. where i was like i really just want to have my own goal of i want to put on some uh body some muscle so i wouldn't exactly just look up like fitness stuff i'd look up a certain like specific tag of fitness and go, huh, okay, so that is achievable. So I'd see that and think, okay, and now where I am now, I'm not exactly where I want to be, but Mm -hmm. I'm further than I was. And I go, I know there are some people who are in the position I was in. And if I can show them that, hey, this is possible too, and your own pace, of course, then I'll tag it, I'll share it, I'll say, hey, you can do it you can achieve it but it's definitely not something that you're gonna get overnight oh yeah even like within like a year of it with time everything you're able to sort of 
just allowing that time to be patient. You find out a lot about yourself. I think you find out a lot about others and just what's like important to you and who you feel comfortable speaking with, honestly. I've definitely, I don't know if I've, I don't think I've ever lost good friends for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely gained apparently more respect from some past friends who I sadly don't really speak to anymore, but uh, I've been told that and I'm like, that's very, I'm, I'm happy for that. But it's definitely a two. It's definitely a two-edged sword for mm-hmm. pretty much anything you put out. You know, you're gonna get some hate for it. Oh yeah. <laughs> I th- I've gotten some, but again, it's like as soon as I got some, I got friends, and those comments right. just like hounding that person, and I was like, well, I don't gotta do anything. Mm-hmm. You taking care of my job for me. <laughs> and me yeah. thinking, do I want to take this comment down? Do I want to flag it? And then going. I don't want to give you the pleasure of me seeing me react to this, which is a huge thing being when the only Asian, well, the only Asian neighborhood for a while. Yeah. Is because I had neighbors who we would all have fun, but we would definitely pick on each other. Okay? Mm-hmm. They pick on me more than I pick on them, but we definitely would have those little bickers. And I was taught my mom that if you don't react, they want they'll stop and it definitely took me a while to be like not to react and learn that but then over time i go you know what why do i care what you think why do i care what you say if i'm not going to see you and i'm not going to go if you go out of your way to find me that's that's your problem that's not mine mm-hmm. i have things to do if you don't have anything better to do then this is your life did you have you recently finished education are you in, are you still in school or did you decide not to do schooling um, I did it for a bit, going in at for Asian studies originally, then realizing I don't enjoy many people in the morning, so I don't, and they're like, you could do translation. I go, no, that <laughs> will not happen. That is a lot of talking, and I cannot do that, and my brain will not work for that long like that. Yeah. So I said, I'm going to change it, and I actually found out that I didn't want to do it in the middle of an essay I was doing for a a literature English literature art thing and it's like write an essay or paper about why you picked this major and I wrote half a page and I'm like I don't like this major I don't want to do this major anymore damn so I switched it I even asked my parents I was like it's okay if I and my parents were like oh thank god and I was like wow you did not have that much faith in me in this major <laughs> and my parents were like well you don't really like people and it's either going to be history or translation. And that's a lot of talking to people. I said, you're right. Mm-hmm. That is not me. So I switched it to engineer and then I narrowed it down to manufacturing engineering. Cause I love working with my hands. I do, I have acquired the nickname Tink from some friends. Cause I enjoy taking like old Nintendo DS, Nintendo DSi, old Game Boys, um, and making stuff with that, uh, fixing up cleaning up making it not brand new but like to workable like my dad's very old nintendo game boy like the first ones which i don't know how many people would know it my mom gave it to him for an anniversary once and then i got it after we moved the season play it and i was like i'm gonna clean this up and i thought why not what better thing to start with than my own stuff so i took it I cleaned it up. I got checked all the rubber pads. Uh, I watched a lot of YouTube on the safest ways to do it. And I knew I'm like, I'm still going to mess some things up. And I definitely <laughs> did. Like the screen right. protector thing, I had to buy a new one because I was trying to get the glue off and realized I was scraping off some of the gray, like backing of it. And I was like, I'm just going to get a new one. So mm. eBay, get a new one, put it on, works like new. So it was a lot of that kind of tinkering. And then I'd go out once I was more uh comfortable with certain ones i go out and i see buy some broken ones or some of that from some used game places do all that little things so i enjoy doing that i even made a a ds i think a little customized color ones between different dsis for someone who's like a sister to me and my nephew really loves the camera right now so i did that uh, i also enjoyed woodwork so is engineering carpenter is two of the things i was thinking of i love i don't know i just 
uh, ever since doing wood shop in school is something I loved working with wood. Yeah. It. Definitely I've broken a few woods here and there, but it's like one of those things where you just learn as you go. Like no one can teach you, yes, this wood will break if you do this. Because sometimes it will, sometimes it won't. Right. I definitely have that. I have a, a little booklet even that shows like ideas of stuff that I've been wanting to make, but it's just some of it's just like time, room, mm-hmm. and tools that I don't have like I've been trying to build up tools to use but again you're only so limited at a certain amount of time right wow okay so you've definitely have found a way to like use your creative outlet Mm -hmm. of course the music is a huge thing for me too oh wow Um, I do trumpet I've been doing it for 16 years it will be 16 years now Oh, nice. Like fifth grade, I was doing trumpet. Um, I've definitely had its struggles where I couldn't do this. No, I couldn't get this right. And I've definitely gotten mad at it. Um, but then, like, definitely picked it up again. Uh, guitar I did since junior of high school. But that's for fun. Uh, trumpet, I did pep band. I did jazz band. Uh, nice. I'm a community band. I play for the church sometimes. I do love it. I love doing music. I love a lot of kinds of music, listening to it, learning how, seeing if I can play it on something. Mm-hmm. Um, my love for uh, Celtic music, I've decided to pick up the tin whistle, which I do not screech on. So Okay. Well, let's transition into a fun topic because how I originally reached out to you through Instagram, of course, was your tattoo posting. Uh, I have 15 now. 15. I just got after the lift from the uh, lockdown pandemic thing. Yeah. I waited for the rush, and then I went in and got my newest tattoo. It's the uh, it's the new Assassin's Creed Valhalla symbol. Okay. So it kind of it goes back to like the Swedish roots or the Viking roots, but I recently got that on my shin. I have my first one, which is a, a Chinese symbol. Then I have, I don't remember what was after that, honestly. <laughs> but I do remember that one because, of course, it's like everybody will say, I'm just getting one tattoo. And that was the biggest lie I've ever said in my life. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to get one tattoo. And I was like, yeah, no. I think I did the math recently. And I have around, is your $3,000 to $5,000 worth of income Whew. Because each of, like, a simple one, like, my runes here, which also is kind of connected to... Um, oh, wow. On, that's world. on your wrist. Yeah, it's, this is the lowest it's going to get. This is the lowest it's going to get because this one here hurt. And I will never do that again. Oof. Because most of my bracelets land here. So I want something where my bracelets land. It was kind of like one of those things where you put a bracelet on and you put your arm up and kind of like, oh, look, it's a little surprise. Yeah. So I was enjoying that, but, yeah, it was, it was definitely not fun here. And... um. I went back the next day to get another one. I forgot which one it was. But I went back to get something else. And the guy's like, oh, want me to touch that up? And I went, sure. Oh, this is going to be painful. I mean, I don't know if it changed much, but I trusted a tattoo artist more than me saying I was fine. So I was like, you know what? I might as well make it look good. So it looks good for the rest of my life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Just suffer through that like little bit of pain. I'll probably insert a break Anybody says anything is way before Moana because I've got things. Oh, you got a Moana hook? No, listen, this was custom made by a friend, a really, really good friend actually, who um, used to actually live in Bulgaria and now is living in the UK. And she's becoming a tat. She's working to become a tattooist, and I love her 
creativity ideas and all that stuff. I think those are amazing. And I told her whenever I get to visit, she gets my whole right calf. And I was like, just have at it. I want one of your original designs. I want something that comes out of your head like this. Yeah. So I asked her, I'm like, hey, can you help me? Because she was already an artist beforehand. So I trusted her. It's like, this is a, a generic hook that goes through something. She drew three or four designs that she thought would fit my style. And she got spot on. And then she's like, here are three or four designs. What do you think? So I picked the one I liked. And I liked this one the best. And I didn't want to make it because none of my tattoos are really realistic. So I want to make it look like, oh, it's not realistic, but it still makes sense. I was going through my skin. And then oh, afterwards, I see. Uh, when I put, when I went to the tattoo art, they're like, you got to this end. They're like, what do you want to do? Do you want to make it like fade away? Do you want to look like a fray? It's supposed to look like a little fray, but I mean, over the years, it's definitely hit its mark because I use my arms okay. a lot. But so this one's on the like forearm. Yes, yeah, so on the back of my forearm and an equalet is um, coordinates of a place I vacation to a lot with my family. Um <sighs> Actually, one of the they my family would vacation there more often, and because my family day, gotcha day, plain day, whatever everybody wants to call it, is during that. So my family, really close friend, was holding our cottage for us while they were in China trying to adopt me, so we wouldn't lose it. So I've been going for almost my entire life of the past twenty three years. Oh, to the so, where the coordinates are on your yeah, other forearm. Yeah, it's, it's the exact spot of those cottages. Is those coordinates. Oh my gosh. So how old were you when you got your first tattoo? I was 19. You have to, at least for New York, I know, uh, legal-wise, you have to be 18. If you're under it, you have to have permission from your parents. Yeah. Uh, my mom doesn't mind tattoo. She's just more worried about me and a job thing, and I, that's completely fine by me. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad just goes, mm. each time I say, get a new tattoo, which is a normal thing. He doesn't say no. He doesn't say yes. Yeah. He goes, mm. So... But my first one was actually a birthday gift from them. We got there, and that tattoo place does cash only. So I had the cash on me, so I paid for my own tattoo, and he paid me back. Mm-hmm. So it was that. So that was the only tattoo gift they'd ever give me, and they gave me my first one. They're like, "You really thought us through?" I said, "Yes, I thought it through. I want this one." And then me go, "This one is cool." And then being like, "I have ideas," and I'd be like, "Oh no, <laughs> I have other ideas." So I ended up getting more. I got um little spike from, Snoop, from peanuts charlie oh, brown yeah. i got spike there um him and uh woodstock are mm-hmm. it was actually part of a well at least spike was part of a aspca fundraising thing and the tattoo place raised over a million some dollars for spca and i brought some toys over for them i actually it was funny because we had two concerts that day and I'm like, I'm going to go get a tattoo. And some of my band members were like, what? And I was like, do stop me. I'm going to get a tattoo. Like, that's just a normal thing that happens. Just going, I'm going to go get a tattoo today. And I went, the line was very long. By the time I would have gone up, it wouldn't. But So I asked the person, can I come back tomorrow, but still give money to the SPCA? And they said yes. Okay. So I went back. I said, I want this one. So I did. And I gave them a little tip. And then the rest of the money, I made sure I went to SPCA. The Woodstock one wasn't part of it, which is kind of like a thing where I love Woodstock also. One thing I was really happy about with the Spike one is, is uh, Spike's pointing, but he's pointing at my former dog's paw print I got. Oh, wow. Uh, this is my old dog, um, which if anybody does see me on Instagram, it's the fox looking one. He was a very furry dog and he was my first one. So I have his little paw print. You know, the other one I have is an arrow kind of going mm-hmm. through. Because it's, kinda, it's just a little reminder to like, you always, to go forward, you will always have to be pulled back some way. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just keep going forward. Like, there's always going to be somebody that's going to be pulling you back. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get that. Um, also, I loved archery, too. Okay, so that's like yeah. the feel of the arrow flying and then just hitting your target. And I liked it in my target. own. I'm like, I want it in like a line kind of way. So it's more of like a line kind of thing now. Mm. But I do like it. I want it more like, look like a sketch. So I want it. Okay. Yeah, I, I was really curious to ask you about your tattoos because I have seen, I think a lot of like adoptees will get tattoos, but they're like very specific to their adoption or like yeah, one no, very... Some might have an officer to Yeah, I was going to say... One, I have the adoption symbol one. Yes, yes. I have that one. I saw people have it before and the same mm-hmm. um, subtle adoptee traits kind of, agent adoptee traits stuff for that. And mm-hmm. I was like, I like it, but I don't, I mean, I love line work, but I didn't want that in a line work. So I'm like, 
I want something else. So I found that, and I was thinking of putting color to it, and I was like, this is a lot of work, and I don't want to do that. So we do still do black and white stuff. Mm. So I did it, and I was like, I don't like how that looks. So how do I want to change that? I looked through a bunch of symbols, and I found this one because it kind of was like, again, I love Celtic music. I love all the, I don't know why, just a lot of, like, Irish, Scottish makes me very happy when I hear music. So I was like, I want something like that, but I didn't want to put, like, an Irish knot on me. I'm not mm-hmm. Irish. My uncle is. I'm not. But it doesn't stop me from appreciating and loving their music. So I went, what can I do? So I found a cool little adoption symbol in like looking like an irish knot almost so i said i really like that a lot and i showed my friend my friend showed it to her aunt her aunt's like is that an irish knot it's like no that's the adoption symbol so it's like all right it achieved what i wanted it to yeah it looks like an irish knot if i needed it yeah but it's in the way they did the line work okay yeah and i I love it either way this is hogwarts i did it it's very hard to see it's hogwarts okay the outline of hogwarts yeah I did it just because I was like, I like this. I'm going to go get it. And there's like the runes. I went over runes with a friend who also did, um, studied Norwegian while I studied Swedish. And she helped me. I said, cool. So next day I went and got them. I was like, I'm just going to go get them. Like I had no huge reason behind it. I just yeah. wanted to. But each, okay. each rune actually does mean a thing. I think, uh, I don't remember them all, but I think one's like family, one's creativity, one's mm-hmm. like loyalty. So each one does mean a little personality of myself kind of thing. Yeah. I do enjoy um I have my trumpet one. Whoa. But it will it should say music is the voice of the soul. And then I have handwritings from two of my favorite and most I won't say influence um band directors, but the ones that really weren't just band directors, but they're also like we're here to be like your friend. Yeah, your, like a mentor. Yeah. So I have those and then I supposed to have my private teacher one too. But it's been a hassle to get his. So I think I might just get to a point. And then stop, and it's gonna look really weird. But I really want those two. <laughs> I really want those two writings on my arm. Oh my gosh! Those teachers are also supposed to be retiring soon, so I really want that writing on my arm very soon to be like I have it here. I would like of- to note that all the tattoos that Zach has been talking about are all on his arms. It's not even like your shin or legs that you've talked yeah, about. Yeah, I haven't yet. gotten to that yet. Just to be nerdy, because it's awesome. It's Harry Potter. How many of your tattoos are Harry Potter related? You said the one of Hogwarts on your arm that you just showed. Uh, my entire left leg from knee down will be Harry Potter. Oops. Like, that's just going to be final. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, again, you can find a lot of this on my Instagram, or you can literally just message me. I look at the message requests. I have the two brooms going on my shin. Shin tattoos are not always fun, just so we're clear. You can feel everything. You got like no fat there to protect you. It is a, an adventure. And I got an ab workout each time I get a ta- shin tattoo. Just control my breathing. Ah, oh. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I have two brooms. I have the Nimbus 2000 and then the Firebolt. So it's Harry's two main brooms going nice. like up and down kind of thing. Because I loved everything about Quidditch and the sport of it. Um, and then on top of it, I have a snitch on my knee so the wings go up to the side of your knee and they meet right where your knee would bend so it doesn't so if i when i walk it doesn't distort the wings or anything yeah which originally they thought would you are you gonna put it around your knee i said no i don't want the wings to distort so we just changed a few things up and i actually had a friend who's really good with a computer program to help me find two snitches i like but i want to combine the snitch body and the wings of two different ones Oh, nice. And then on around it has like a little scroll kind of thing that says I opened at the close. Nice. Um, and the scroll kind of like writing around it, kind of like you see for holiday stuff, mm-hmm. um, matches the back of my leg. It was the first hair pirate tattoo, which is a stag, which just was designed by the tattoo artist I was there with. That one looks a little bit more realistic. I don't mind it. I do enjoy it uh, a lot. And uh, under it, it says Protego. So it's pretty much like to like protect or call upon protection, some of that. This is like getting some Harry Potter trivia in here too. <laughs> yeah, and then I plan to get like the flying key across. Cause mm. I got some space between the snitch and the broom. So I'm thinking of putting like the key, either like the key or um, the other the Quidditch kind of balls. Uh, so it's the bane between that. But then 
on each side of my leg, I do ocean. I have not decided to go knee above yet because I like to show my tattoos. Right. So maybe in the future, but I still got a lot of commercial space left. But I know on one side I'm doing, I really want to find the correct font or a, a way of drawing the way I like it of the Deathly Hollow signs going down. Mm. Kind of thing. And then if I have enough room, the full sign together. But that is only if. I'm not sure yet. Mm-hmm. I only have this party figured out because I know what I want, but I don't know how I want it yet. Right. It's a work in progress for that one. Mm-hmm. And the other side is going to be uh, like the four houses. Okay. But again, it wouldn't be in color because I don't really have any of my tattoos in color. That is everybody's choice. It is not mine. So I just have to find it in a way to show that these are houses, but not in color. Okay. Right. And then my other leg is more like video games kind of fun. Your other interests. You basically yeah. have all your interests and hobbies on Pretty like much, tattooed. Yeah. 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 Um, so I have like Assassin's Creed. Cause I love, I love the whole franchise, but Valhalla has been the most interesting, the most fun, the most beautiful artwork done. So I have that. And then I plan a game, uh, the Witcher three wild hunt. And that is going to go pretty much even with my snitch, but I have to figure out how I want the sword. Cause if I don't have them both facing upwards, like the snitch wings, it can make your legs look uneven. Just oh. by the way your ink is. Fair point. So, so you put I, a lot of thought into like... Yeah, like, so I have to really think of how I want it. But again, it's like the symbols, I want to be drawn differently. Um, the swords, I have to really figure out how I want them to look to make them be as minimal as possible, but as distinguishable as possible. I'd say all my Harry Potter ones were at least $100. The Valhalla one was... 160 it's small yes but there was there's detail so you definitely have to put in the mind that when you get a tattoo there, if there's detail that's going to cost something the color would cost something so you really have to put into effect of what would this cost there how much detail is into it is there color do i want to put color into it how big do i want it mm-hmm. so i definitely put a lot into that and then some of them have meaning that i wanted to get and i could easily get i just haven't because i don't know where to put it but some of it's like I just want to get like little Roman numerals of like 315, which is the area code I, w- I grew up in. Right. Something like very small, but it's just one of the things where it's like, if I'm going to get it, is there going to be like um, Roman numerals or another like language writing kind of thing? Right. The typeface too. Yeah. It's very specific. Mm-hmm. To be like, I want this, but again, it's going to be on my body permanently and it costs much more to get it off than it does to put on. Yeah, I feel like this is a lesson in tattoo art artistry that I wasn't expecting to really go into. But it's a, it's fascinating. I was like, oh, personally, like you are one of the first people I've seen who has like you who have a lot of tattoos. Not that that's specifically related to your adoption. It's not necessarily. No, but... so. It's just a fascinating topic to. Yeah, I always follow one rule. And anybody who gets a new tattoo, first of all, do not go for a tramp stamp. Do not do that. No, do, <laughs> don't. Just don't, please. Don't do it. But. I do follow one rule is no cheap tattoo is good and no good tattoo is cheap. Okay. You must, you get what you pay for. Before I got my tattoo, I studied, I looked at different tattoo places. I asked friends who had tattoos, asked them where they got theirs. I asked them prices of different ones that they had to get an idea of what's a minimum price for this, what could be a minimum price for that. So I, I definitely did a lot of research into it, which I mm-hmm. suggest people do for sure. Oh, yeah. You definitely don't know because the one I go to, they open a brand new, like, tattoo needle in front of you. So you see that it's fresh. Right. They take out fresh, like, they pour, like, the ink into, like, the little dishes in front of you. So you really see that it's all clean. Mm-hmm. Which is one thing that I was fine with. My family was completely fine with. And we're like, all right, so this is how it is. And I love all of them. They're all really good in there. They're chill. Um, they now know me as pain because. Some of them like to remember, I go in there so often for mm. tattoos that they like to know their customers. And I, I love that. I love that if a business is like, hey, I want to know my customer, that you come in often. And I'm like, great. Yeah. But since I have such a generic name, I'm like, you can just call me this. And so he does. And I go, cool. Right. Call me that. I'm all fine with it. I'm coming back in for another tattoo. I really enjoy that they interact with you a lot. You don't sit there and do nothing. Mm-hmm. But they talk to you. They 
see how how's this one healing that I did or who did this one or do you remember if I did this or have I done any of your tattoos so I love the interaction and the communication between it, it makes it feel more like you kind of just visiting somebody and just getting something done yeah oh yeah because they hurt tattoos do hurt mm-hmm. it's a question people usually ask it's like yeah it hurts I mean your pain tolerance is a huge thing I have a very high pain tolerance but it's definitely one of the things where you learn to control your breathing really fast. You just go, I, I got to control it right now. And you have, you learn, cause I've, I've learned how they tattoo and how long it takes. They, they take a break to go back to get the ink and stuff like that. So I just kind of learned like, all right, you do that, take a breath and then just slowly ease it out as they're tattooing kind of thing. Mm. So it's definitely a learn as you go thing for yourself at least. Yeah. Sounds like a good life lesson in that comment, too. <laughs> Breathe, one, and two, stuff beyond your control. You just kind of control what it's, you can, which is your breathing. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to be forever. You'll be fine. It's true. I got one tattoo, and I don't think I <laughs> have an idea for another one, but the one was fine <laughs> so far. And, and it is like adoption-related. Yeah. Some people like just one, and that's fine. I just have ideas because... Like my photography, if I take a really good photo, mm-hmm. I want to show it. Right. If there's a story behind my tattoo, I want to show it. If nobody asks, that's fine. You don't have to ask. If you ask, yeah. I'll tell you. But it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, cool. I'll tell you. It's also a great conversation starter. It is. Or it definitely just deters people who don't like tattoos, and you go, that's fine. Yeah. If you don't like my tattoos, that's okay. But I'm not getting rid of them for one person. Yeah, and I sometimes wonder if people ask when they really don't want to know just because they're jealous, too. Who knows? I've, I've definitely, I don't know about tattooed-wise, I definitely had that during uh, my transition. I had a person who was a friend to me get jealous because it was one of those things where it's like, I'm going to try to one-up everybody. And we're just like, we're in high school. You need to mm-hmm. chill. We're all trying to get through this together. We're all trying yeah. to graduate together. We have no goal. Like, some of us don't even know what we're doing for college yet. Some of us do. Mm-hmm. It's just one thing. It's just like, I'm not trying to beat you in a race in this life. Life isn't a race. And I'm not trying to beat you. I just decided to take action of what I wasn't happy about. Right. And then they got mad at it. And I was dating someone at the time, and they tried talking to them. Oof. And then they got, they found, not found out things. They were one of my closest friends. So it's not like I'm mad they found out about this stuff. Yeah. But it's more of like the way how me and the girl at the time were having problems. And it was, we were high school. Yeah. And they just started yelling like, either fix it or break up. And I was like, well, this is my relationship. Let me handle my relationship. I'll take your advice, but I'm not taking a demand. Yeah. So it was one of those things where they got mad after, and then after they, I guess, like, caught up, or whatever you want to call it, then they became nicer. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not how this is going to work. You ruined, like, the friendship we had over something petty, over something you could have just talked to me about. Mm -hmm. But they decided not to, and I was like, I don't really want to give you a second chance at this. Because I don't think I could trust you again with this informa- this kind of information ever again. Because mm-hmm. it seems like it fits you when you want it to fit you. And not when, right. when I need like someone to talk to. Someone just to, like, like, hey, I need this to clear my head. I don't need advice. I just need to listen. And that's mm-hmm. it. So it was one of those things. And then over the years, and another girlfriend, she and I broke up. And that was actually a harder one for me. And then they were still with whoever they were dating at the time. And I did take the opportunity to try to talk to friends more, try to, like, be like, hey, I know we haven't talked much. Let's try to hang out, talk, see, like, you be friends, acquaintances, whatever. And I tried to be friends with them again. I did want to, I think after some time, it definitely was like, okay, maybe I can give you another chance now. Maybe I can say, yeah, we could try to be acquaintances. And I tried, but, again, it was... I was single. I, I had told them I, that me and my girlfriend at the time just broke up. Mm-hmm. And it was three hours of, my girlfriend might like this, my girlfriend might like this. Oh, me and my girlfriend this. And I said, 
I told you I did not want to speak about relationships. Yeah. We could talk about school. We could talk about work. We could talk about anything else. But you decided, the fact that you genuinely knew that I was trying to hang out and get away from the relationship ideas shows me what kind of character you have right now. Yeah. You would rather one up than try to either help someone who was your friend or even just help someone overall. So after that, I said, great. Goodbye. I tried. I gave you a chance. You blew it. And I'm done with you trying to one-up me. That's pretty good that you were in the age of high school, especially. I think those are some tough years that you were able to realize that at a younger age and not have to stick with that person anymore. I mean, a lot of my siblings are much older than me. Mm-hmm. So it was, it's handy to have older siblings that definitely have gone through it and be like, hey, so if this is how they're t- feeling, make you feel, you really shouldn't. And then they would give like their ex- example and I go, maybe you're right. Maybe it is not right. I, I shouldn't be dealing, like accepting this. Have you been back to where you're from in China? Do you wish to go back? Do you want to go back if you have not already? Um, I have not recently. Actually, I haven't ever, I think. My adoption group had a trip there once, but we were busy with stuff here. Um, do I wish I went back? Yeah. Do I regret not, regret not going? No, because I don't remember what I was doing exactly during that time they were gone. Hmm. So I don't know if I went, would I have missed out on something really good here? What I did here, was it better that I was here than there because something happened there? So a lot of it, I do think that one day I would like to go back, but I don't see it in any near future. Mm-hmm. I think a huge part of that is because I don't have any friends in my birth town. I don't, like I have friends in Europe that I really want to see, that I've known for years. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like... right. As much as I'd like to go back to my home, my birth town, I want to see the friends who I've known, who I've talked to for years on end, mm-hmm. then go to, like, for me, a strange country, not knowing the language, not knowing where I'm going. Right. I think in, in time, maybe married, something like that, mm-hmm. take a trip there, just to walk around and see, all right, this is the, this is the train station, this is the... <laughs> This is the orphanage, all that stuff. But I don't have any major connections to it. I don't have any emotional connections really to it. Yeah. I just like to ask because everybody has like a different take on it too. So mm-hmm. I think when others hear each other's take, they're like, oh, okay. Like it's normal that I feel this way or it's normal. Or it's, it shouldn't be, I shouldn't feel that it's not normal. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is. Yeah. And then the last question I always ask is, is there anything you would like to hear from other adoptees or others who adoption has become a big part of their life? I don't know if, because I've, I've read a lot from like Facebook pages and all that stuff I'm in. So it's, I don't think it's that I would ask a lot. Um, I think I've seen a huge difference between me and some of them. And mm-hmm. some of it, definitely, I'll admit, is, like, I see a lot of abandonment issues. I personally don't feel it. But then again, as I said, I don't mm-hmm. really like people. I like to be myself. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I have that abandonment issue. And I don't know how to see it from someone's view who does have it. So I think, if anything, that would be an interesting viewpoint to look at. Where mm-hmm. mine's like, I don't mind if, say, my parents go away for a weekend for business or something like that, or just for, like, their own time away. I don't mind that. I don't mind if – I've taken solo trips to meet up with somebody, but just meet up with a friend. I enjoy solo drives a lot. I maybe do blast the music and just openly sing it where nobody can hear me. I enjoy the solo trips. I enjoy looking around at things. I don't – think I'd mind it with somebody but I also was like taking my time being alone isn't a huge thing I think maybe when I was younger 
I didn't like it, but a lot of it was because sometimes they leave without telling me in emergency, of course. Right. So it wasn't like, I'm gone. It was kind of like, hey, this is an emergency. We got to go. And me waking up to like the shock. But if like I'm told like, hey, we're going to be gone for this amount of time. I go, all right, I'll take care of whatever, which usually happens when I'm here. I take care of the dog. I'll take care of if people need to get into like the church or some of that. I'll be around to be like, yeah, here, I can help with this. Mm-hmm. So I think seeing abandonment from another point of view would be a very interesting concept for me. I mean, I wouldn't understand a trauma from it, but like to hear like this difference of, hey, you don't like being alone or you don't like doing these things solo and why? Where I'm like, I like to do those things solo because mm-hmm. of this. So like, I see a lot of like those polls and I go, I can't answer all of them. I would like to, but I can't because none of those options of me is on there. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to add an option and be like, yeah, here it is. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't know how to answer this. I don't know. Like, I want to help with this. I can't answer this because I don't have experience. And my viewpoint is a whole nother thing. And my viewpoint is like, I don't care about some of these things. There's other people do care about. And I'm just like, I not like I don't know how to care about it. I just don't have that experience to care about it. I just go, I don't, or like a lot of the racism stuff. Because I was told when I was young to don't react to this and they'll stop. I learned as I got older, don't react to this and they'll stop. So it's like, don't care that they're doing this. Don't care that they're making this suggestion. Don't care they're saying these things to you. Took that mindset a lot to be like people teasing or all that stuff to me. And I just go, I don't, care i'm gonna do what i do Mm -hmm. be me and that's not gonna change whether you're happy with this or not this is my choice in my life and i will fight back if i have to kind of thing like what i feel right is me you don't you don't have a right to say what feels right with myself yeah so a lot of that was just over the years of yeah i don't care what you say and then mm-hmm. also knowing hey if i when i come out i know i'm gonna get a lot of hate for this too i'm gonna get a lot of hate for that being a musician you do music not everyone's gonna like your playing not everyone's gonna like your singing mm-hmm. and you just take it you go yeah that's fine i yeah. don't really care like a lot with a lot of creativity comes a lot of opinions pretty much yes <laughs> Tattoos, a lot of tattoos, a lot of opinions, mm-hmm. a lot of music, a lot of opinions, a lot of just being who I am, a lot of opinions. And I go, I, this is your opinion. I'm not changing for your opinion because I'm not going to make everybody happy. And I just want to make myself happy. You're going to do what you do. Yeah, it's pretty cool to hear more about essentially your story. And part of your story is like your tattoos are an expression of who you are and what you're doing now. It's all you do for you, which is like a really nice thing to share with everybody. All those concepts. Yep. <laughs> but I would like to say goodbye for now. Would you like to go ahead and share your Instagram? Um, sure. Yeah. Um, my Instagram is Z, like pretty much my name, Zach, but it's Z Phoenix. Like Phoenix, like, like rising from the ashes. Yeah. Z Phoenix 14 is pretty much it. And my Instagram is public. I'm open for messages or anything, but pretty much, like I said, any hate, and I could care less about it. Exactly. So shoot a message here of questions about tattoos or life in general. Oh, I guess it's happy holidays, too, because this will be coming out right before uh, Christmas for those who celebrate Christmas. Oh, yes. It's Hanukkah right now. While recording, it's Hanukkah. Perfect. Well, thank you, Zach, for speaking. Thank you for listening to ABC. You can babies from china at gmail.com or adopted babies from china pod on facebook and instagram if you would like to share your story that's all for now